Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. I am so glad you're here. If you have been listening for a while, you might have noticed that I took the week off last week. I decided to play hooky with my boys. It is the last couple weeks of summer, and we are trying to enjoy every last bit of sunshine, every last bit of the moments we can play together. So I took them to the the water park, and it was a balmy 59 degrees when we left. (laughs) You know what? I am raising hardy Pacific Northwest kids, and it did warm up. They did need sunscreen. We did enjoy ourselves, (laughs) but I tell you, mornings are chilly here, evenings are chilly here, and the afternoons are exactly how they need to be. All right, friends, I have a very important question for you. I know my kids go back to school next Tuesday. I think that is pretty late in the nation in general. But I'm wondering, are your kids back this week? Have they already been back? Or are they going back next week? When are your kiddos going back to school? No matter when they are, though, this episode is for you. And I might be a little late for those of you who have gone back as early as mid-August. Some of you, though, are still prepping. So today we are talking about the seven ways I get my home ready for back to school success. Things that I do to prep my space, to prep the boys' space, to make it a little bit more efficient, run a little smoother for all of us. And I'm sharing those tips with you today. Next summer, I'll be ahead of the game. Next summer, I'll share it earlier in August. So those of you who are prepping then will be able to follow along instead of backtracking. But no matter which week your kiddos go back to school, this applies and it can still be done today to make your life just a little bit more efficient for when those kiddos start bringing home all the papers and the sports bags start cluttering up all the floor space. All right, friends, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message home. It's not about the stuff. It's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style. Where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. When I say the word systems to you, I wonder what it is you think. Do you prickle a little bit and think, oh, that feels so restrictive and just a little bit too rigid? Or do you think, oh my goodness, I need that. (laughs) I need a little bit of order. Wherever you land, we respect that here. But if you find yourself when school starts drowning in paper clutter or running out the door late every morning or digging through the laundry to try to find the missing pair of PE shorts or whatever it is, if you find yourself a little more on edge, a little bit more like your time is a little bit more chaotic, if your mornings aren't going as smoothly as you'd like, a system might be to your benefit. And it took 
years for me to realize that system was the label for all of the things that I had been doing all along. And systems for me will look very different than systems for you. They're all family related, right? They're all nuanced based on what your family needs, how your family responds to them, what you and your personality is probably the developer of that said system is going to do. But creating something and being mindful or intentional about what it is you you need in order to make something run a little bit more efficiently, a little smoother, is the goal. And so today we are talking a little bit about the things I've put into place over the years that I do every summer that I'm just now putting a label on. And I think these might be helpful for you. So these are seven ways I kind of systemize my home in order to make leaving the house a little bit more smooth, make packing lunches a little bit more smooth, make going to sports a little bit more smooth. Of course, we have those moments, right? This is not perfection in motion. We have those moments and we have personalities. And I have three kids and each each of the three kiddos are a little bit different. Some of them come home with the back to to school paperwork and they put it exactly where they need to and they show me and they tell me about it. Others, I might have to go digging through their backpack or not really, but when they were little, I did. Some of them, when field trips come along, I know only because I read the teacher newsletter, not necessarily because I found the paper. (laughs) But that can be frustrating when you don't necessarily have a system in place if that's your standard anyway. So putting these ideas into motion and allowing yourself a little bit of, I don't want to say organization, and I definitely don't want to say rigidity, but I do want to say just a little bit more intention behind these things that we know are going to be coming into our home, the papers, the school bags, the computers, the sports equipment. New to us just last week, we are starting football in my family. And Of course, growing up, my brothers all played football, or a couple of them did, but none of my kids ever have. And apparently you take the equipment home with you. That's a lot. We have a big bag (laughs) of pads and a helmet and, of course, the shoes, which, of course, I knew we needed that, but that's a, a lot of space. And where do we put that? So this episode is all about creating teeny tiny little systems in your home in order to make your back to school world and life run a little bit more efficiently. I'm sharing the seven things that I do every summer to prep for this. The things that I will be working on really hard this week because school starts next week and I'm behind the game a little because we played a lot (laughs) this summer, but I'm working on them in order to just not have the stress that comes with it. So use these if they work for you, modify them because they will most definitely need to be modified to fit the needs of your family and enjoy them. Enjoy the ease of making lunch, of packing backpacks, of finding field trip permission slips, of getting kids in and out of the house for their activities and for school. All right, the seven things I do to prep my house for back to school success every summer. I've already done this first one, and that is to go through and declutter the boys' clothing. Each year, we, when we go to on vacation to the Oregon coast, part of that tradition is all of the fun things that we do, but one of the things is to go back to school shopping. And there have been plenty of times when we have gone with just kind of the fun in mind, not the intention behind it. 
we've kind of thought, oh, you might need some of these things. Oh, you might need that kind of thing, but without the intention behind it. This year, we buckled down, and we buckled down so good. (laughs) Of course, we know that inflation is happening. It's happening all over the country, at least. And there's also so many times when I've gone through their things and thought, you have not actually worn this. So we were a little bit ruthless. And by we, I mean me, but I had the kids involved because I didn't want to go in and make make any decisions for them that they weren't happy with. I have learned my lesson the hard way. In fact, that that teeny tiny little beanie baby bat that I gave away one time when kiddos were at grandma's, I am still hearing about. (laughs) Never again, never again. But also it's really good for the kiddos to have that ownership as well, to make to make decisions and to practice those decision-making muscles too, to see the importance of creating space to see the importance of not living in excess and to really have an opinion. My kiddos are well into that era of their childhood. They all have opinions. And you might think that having three boys would lead to a lot of hand-me-downs, but not so much. Yes, in the expense of things, in the winter the winter clothing selection, I don't necessarily give them as much choice because living where we do, our winter is not really as wintry as some of you have. We might get snow for a week and call it good. And of course we go and play in the snow a little bit. So we don't necessarily need to invest a lot in this. So this is one area where I say hand-me-downs are fine. Hand-me-downs are more than fine. But everything else has evolved with their personalities. They now have opinions about what it is they want to wear and their sizing is also kind of catching up with each other. For a while, the two little ones, they were the same size, so they could share if they wanted to. Now it is the two big ones. They are about the same size, and they can share if they want to. No one wants to. They all have their own their own styles, which is a great thing. But one thing we did, and we did this several, we did this about a month ago, we went through every single drawer they had, every single clothing bin, every single hanger on their closet. It took a while and I didn't do it all in one day. I did one child a day and the amount of things that we got rid of just solely based on their sizing alone (laughs) was ridiculous. I pulled out things that were a five and a six. Okay, my child is 12 years old. There is no reason why he should have a clothing size five and six anymore. He is bigger than that. So you can tell this is something that needed to be done or something that was hidden on his end that we didn't get to last year because this is a practice we've done every year. But going through and being really ruthless, now we don't have that excess and that's so good for those kiddos because removing some of the decisions for them is actually a very good thing. They have plenty of clothing to wear. They have plenty of choices, tops, bottoms, pants, shorts, you name it. But when you have so many choices, and this can go to your own closet too, it can lead to overwhelm, it can lead to overflow, and it can lead to time inefficiency. Because when it comes time to putting their things away, when they're folded and washed and all the things, when it comes time to getting dressed, when it comes time to pick up their room, if you have overflow and overabundance, it takes away some of that time. So we drastically reduced the overwhelm for them and their rooms as a result are a little bit tidier. Or in theory, they are mostly teenage children. (laughs) 
But that allowed us to really see and make a list of how many shirts you needed, how many shorts you needed, how how many sweatshirts or overcoats or whatever, how many you needed so that we weren't wasting any of our money as well. So that is the very first thing we do to prep our home for going back to school is going through the clothing and decluttering. And if you haven't done that yet this summer, it really any of these things, it's not too late. In fact, it will reducing some of those decisions is going to be really helpful for your kiddos to keep their rooms a little tidier, to keep their spaces a little bit more accessible and to make their time management a little easier. When you reduce choices, you reduce that overload. The second thing we concentrate on is their backpack. We try to get their the zone that they have their backpacks in prepped and ready. Not just the backpack alone. We're hoping that of course they emptied it out over the summer. They probably used their backpack for going to grandma's or going on road trips, but wanting to make sure that those are prepped, emptied, and ready, of course. But then where are they kept? Each of these things that I'm talking about has their own designated space. So of course the closet, we all know the clothes have a designated space. But does your backpack, where do those land and are they landing in the front room every day? Are they landing in the closet? Are they landing upstairs in your kiddo's room? Knowing where those drop zones are for your backpack is a good thing and prepping those and communicating if you don't want them downstairs in the hallway anymore, that's an okay expectation. It's an okay goal, but where do they go and do you have space for that? So creating a designated spot for your backpack is a good thing. If you have a mudroom, okay, A, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Mudrooms are so adorable and so great for organizing your things. But if you don't, where can that be? Is there a space in the closet? Is there a space at the end of their bed? Where is it? And I bet you have a spot for it. For us, our backpacks are in their rooms. Owen, the oldest one, his backpack zone is in his closet. And the little ones, their backpack zone is at the end of Henry's bed. There are two backpack hooks and it's a really great little, I don't want to say cubby, but it kind of looks like a cubby at the end of his bed. Those boys have a loft bed. They share the room and they go there. But I know for, for all of my children that the zone around the space around their backpacks can get a little cluttery. Things land there that... I have never seen before. (laughs) Things land there that ooze out of their backpacks. Things land there that ooze out of their closets. Things land there that should be in a toy bin. Things land there. So we prep that, we clean it, we get it all ready to go so that they have a fresh start at the beginning of the year. But where is your backpack space? Where is that? And if you don't have one, I encourage you to create one, even if it is tucked in the coat closet before they're getting ready to go every day knowing that the expectation is that the backpack gets put away after homework, gets put away back in the backpack zone. The third area I am prepping and I'm making sure that we have a designated spot for is their homework zone. Where are these kiddos going to be doing their homework? And not just where are they going to be doing it, but are those stations ready for them? Are they equipped with the supplies that they need to set them up for success? And are the distractions removed from the area? In my home, we have, of course, three kids and three different homework zones. Charlie's is the easiest. 
his homework zone. He loves to do his homework at the dining room table, which is the easiest to set up. Basically, it just needs his computer. <laughs> it is already ready for him because it's in a common area and an area we use daily. It's not anything that needs to be decluttered or prepped. He knows where he can get the supplies nearby for his scissors, his pencils, his computer has a, start, a charging station. The other two are a little trickier. Now, I wish they would go and have their homework done at the dining room table, but they don't prefer that. So getting their homework station ready is a little bit more time consuming. For one, it looks like just decluttering, getting rid of some of the, the paper clutter, tucking things away where they belong in drawers, in bins, and just creating a blank slate. We know where his chargers are. We know that he has the desk space for it. The other one though is about removing the distraction. He has a similar setup, but the distractions that surround are pretty pervasive and they oftentimes overflow onto his work zone area. So setting him up for success not only looks like removing some of the clutter that has creeped in, getting the supplies ready like sharpened pencils and pens and scissors and having calculators handy and paper and all the things, it looks like finding a spot and creating those boundaries for the distractions that have crept in over the summer. Now, knowing the personality of this kiddo, I know that those distractions are kind of necessary for mental breaks. So those distractions for us and our family aren't going to be removed altogether, but the boundaries are going to be set up and tightened just a little bit more where they were a little bit more relaxed in the summertime. What are those distractions? Let's just name it. They are Legos. <laughs> There are so many wonderful little creations we have, but there are also a lot of little pieces. And I know that this little kiddo, he needs to have a lot of mental breaks, a lot of time to fiddle as he's thinking and removing them entirely or setting him downstairs with his little brother would actually be more of a punishment than productive for him. So understanding, of course, that for you, where your kiddos work best, what they need in order to do their best work, and how you can help them create that, and at least get it set up well for the first little bit. Setting up their homework zone is a lot like when I used to set up my classroom. I would spend a week, two weeks, I would spend a lot of time creating the theme for the year, making it just so. And of course, the decorator in me that I didn't know was quite born yet came out and I made things pretty. It was functional. It was pretty. It was so much fun. And of course, there were little zones for everything, the reading corners, listening stations, computer areas. There were little corners for everything. And then the kids came in. And as much as I wanted it to look perfect, life happened the minute I opened the classroom door at 825 on the first day of school. And I'm so happy it did because otherwise it would have just been a pretty space without any life. And your homes, of course, are set up and should be set up to breathe life into the kiddos that are there, the family that is there, and to honor not only what they need, but to honor what you need as the mama. So I want my kiddos to be set up <clears throat> for success in their homework. I want them to have their best foot forward, but I also want to respect what it is they need in their own learning process. And for one, it means having some of his distractions nearby, but tightening just a little bit the boundaries for how they creep in. <laughs> so ask yourself, where is your homework zone? And do you have the things they need nearby? Do you have 
appropriate chargers for their computers or their iPads or whatever it is they're doing their homework on? Do you have extra paper? Do you have the calculators they need, the rulers, the pencils? Are they sharpened? Do you have a sharpener nearby? Where are they going to access those things and are they easily accessible to them? The next two things that I prep before school starts are of course for the kiddos, but they are more for me. This has to do with all of the paper that comes into the home. All of the things that are seemingly important or are really important. The things that have deadlines or the things that you just need to remember. So I designate two different spaces for these two different types of paper. One is the drop zone. And the drop zone is meant for really important items. Things that have a deadline Things that kiddos need to have signed and returned back to school. Things like picture forms, lunch money, library books. Did I say permission slips? Things that are time sensitive. This for me is the rule of one. I touch it one time and I give it right back to the kiddo. But sometimes that touching it one time doesn't happen until nine o'clock at night when they're actually in bed. Creating that drop zone and having the kiddos know where that drop zone is the, the important things that your teacher said, you have to have mom look at this. Where is that for you? Is it on your entryway table? Is it on, is it a basket on your kitchen credenza? Is it in a file folder in your office? Where is it for you? For me, because I touch them that day and I, I had that one touch rule. For me, it is literally on the edge of my dining room table. I don't have a designated basket because I've created a strong boundary around when I sign the thing and I give it back to them. If you don't have that strong boundary, having a little basket as a designated drop zone is a really great idea. But knowing where that is and having it in a solid stationary place will help you stay on top of it. Now, the other thing that I have is a command center. And my command center houses different things that are important, but they are not time sensitive. So in my command center, for example, I have bus schedules, I have class schedules, I have the paper that inevitably comes with the permission slip. Now I've already signed the permission slip. I've already given away the money. I've I've given it back to the kid to take it. You know, the rest of the permission slip that hangs out because you've signed the paper, you've given the money, and now you're waiting for two months for that to happen. I keep that paper so that I can remember. It's in my calendar as well, but I keep that in my command center. What my command center looks like for me in my home, it is in the hallway leading to my office, and I have a set of four wall file holders. They're really charming. They are decorative. They are really cute. They go with the theme of my home, and each person has a file folder. Charlie has a file folder, Henry has one, Owen has one, and then one is for Greg and I. Now, Greg and mine looks a little different than the kiddos. Theirs is all school-related or sport-related. Greg's and mine is a little bit of a catch-all, but they do still contain the most important things that we need to not forget about. Now, that command center gets cleaned out periodically throughout the year because if I'm holding a permission slip paper, for example, that happens in March and it is now May, I don't need that anymore. So I do designate a few times throughout the year where I'm re-cleaning it. One of those is Thanksgiving break and then spring break and then of course the end of the summer. The end of the summer. And now as I'm getting ready to receive a lot more paper, a lot more things for the kiddos, I am deep cleaning that. I'm giving it a good clean out, a good dusting, a good recycling, and we're starting from scratch. 
That command center also has the capability of having a family calendar. I have a big magnet board where the important things go. What are we doing as a family? Those are the things that go there. It is also in this command center and in each kiddo's file where if there was special art that came home, that is the art that I want to frame for later. We all know now, I hope kiddos aren't listening, that sometimes the art that comes home needs to just go into the special place, right? Wink, wink. It needs to go into that special place called the recycle bin. (laughs) But a lot of times there are pieces that you want to keep, you want to hang on to. And those go into that command center file folder until I'm ready to frame it, hang it, put it in their scrapbook, put it somewhere else. But if I don't if I don't have time to to get to it right then, and it's not as important as the one-touch piece of paper demands of me and my time, then it will hang out in the command center. The sixth spot that I get ready in my home that I prep before school starts, but actually it needs to just go year-round, is my sports drop zone. What do I mean by that? It is just as important as a backpack drop zone, just as important as your homework drop zone. And if your kiddos don't play sports, it can be an activity drop zone. What are the activities that your kiddos are involved in, the extracurriculars that they have all the things for, that they need to remember their bag of art supplies when they go to their ceramics class or their swim bag when they go to swim team? Where is that drop zone? And if you're like me and you have kiddos who play soccer year round in really wet and rainy weather, we don't want those inside. (laughs) Those shoes get mighty stinky. So several years ago, we created a modified mudroom. Now, this is not inside of our home. It is on the wall out in our garage, and each kiddo has a locker. There's a little bench, there's a locker with hooks, and there's shoe storage. This is getting a deep, deep clean out because as you can imagine, if it is not kept tidy, it becomes the drop zone for all the things. And when it becomes the drop zone for all the things, similar to a kitchen counter, a dining room table, an entryway table, when it becomes the drop zone for all of the things, it can become not only an eyesore, but the antithesis to efficiency. So when you created that backpack zone or that homework station, or in this case, the sports area where you're putting your sports equipment or your activity equipment, the purpose of that is to hold the soccer bag for the next time we have practice. When other things creep into that, it negates the original intent of the station in general, right? And so when the original purpose has been compromised, that creates an inefficiency and that inefficiency eats into time management where maybe we're now spending a little bit more time to find the thing that we lost because it wasn't put back where it needed to be put back or frustration because now you're waiting for them to find the thing that they couldn't find because now they're taking so much time because it should have been there, but now it's not you get the idea. So when you have a purposeful, intentional spot for all of these different things, allowing yourself the opportunity to get them back to their original intent, their original purpose, they will serve your family better. They will serve your family better and that creates the efficiency. That creates the ease where we now know what should be happening there. We now know the purpose of that space is to hold the thing or to do the homework. And when that purpose is able to be fulfilled, a lot of other pieces fall into place. 
And for us in our garage, in this mudroom, in this sports center, in this cute little locker area that was created with all the best intention in mind, not only is it an eyesore, but it is entirely inefficient. So for me, this is getting a makeover. Now, for me, it's not happening before school. This is going to happen when kiddos are actually in school. Every year when kiddos go back to school, I choose a project, one project the first week of school. Why? Because I need something to do. (laughs) Because I miss them. I miss having them around all the time, even though, of course, there are times when they're running in and out, they're eating me out of house and home, they're driving me bonkers, but I miss them. And so I need a little bit of a distraction. And this year, my distraction is going to be the mudroom drop zone. We're going to give it a brand new lease on life. I'm going to make the shoe storage bins more efficient. I'm going to clear out all of the extras that used to be there, that are there, that should not be there. So ask yourself, if your kiddo has a recurring activity, whether it is sport related or not, do they have equipment or supplies or things that they need to take with them every time? And if they do, that warrants some sort of location. That warrants the creation of a zone for them. And maybe that's just on a hook in your closet. Maybe that is in your mudroom. Maybe that is out in the garage on a coat hanger. Whatever it is, if they have a recurring activity that has supplies, I bet you could be more efficient with a drop zone. All right, the last thing for me, number seven, the thing that I prep before sending kiddos off to school that makes my home run just a little bit more efficient is the fridge, the fridge and the pantry. This is something I've already tackled this summer. I gave it a very, very deep clean, but I want to empower the kiddos to make their lunch making easier. They started making their lunches two years ago and bringing their snacks. And so in our pantry, we have a designated kind of snacky lunch zone. This is where they have their their little things they take with them, granola bars or boxes of raisins, little things that they can pack in their lunch for when they're waiting after school for their sport to start. And likewise, in the fridge, I want to make sure that they can find easily where they're going to get the things to make their sandwiches. So Yes, as you can imagine, don't roll your eyes. It works for us. (laughs) We have sections in our fridge that make it a little bit more efficient. Of course, we have the drawer. The drawer is easy, right? The veggie drawer. Then we have the fruit drawer. But I do have sections in the fridge designated for different things. Like we have a milk section. We have a bread a breads section for tortillas and bread and bagels. We have a leftover section. We even do have leftovers. We have a dairy section. We have a section for all of the the little things where they can find it easier. I found that if it doesn't have to be super organized, but I found that if I keep like items in like areas in the same area, then we do several things. One, it makes it easier for the kiddos to make their lunches and for us to find the things. And when we find the things that we thought we had, we save money because we're not buying the thing that we didn't think we had. <laughs> and we're we're making sure that we eat it before it goes bad. So, so friends, there you have it. The seven things I do in my home every summer to prep 
myself and my boys and our home for more efficiency. And when we have efficiency, we have a little bit better management of our time, our space, and a little less frustration. So here they are, just a quick recap. Number one, decluttering the boys' closet. Number two, getting their backpack zone ready. Number three, getting their homework zone ready, decluttering it, making it nice and accessible. Number four and number five, having a drop zone for those really important pieces of paper that are time sensitive. Number five is the command center. The other things that are important enough to keep, to hang on to, but not necessarily as time sensitive. Number six, a sports or activity zone. And number seven, the fridge and the pantry. All right, friends, wherever you are on your back to school journey, I hope it is going well, or I hope you are enjoying your last week of vacation with your kiddos. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.